Welcome to another episode of Be Your Own Loud. This is Kirk Lowe, and today my co-host Matt Haller and I are talking to Todd Cochran. Todd is the founder of Blueberry, one of the most significant players in the podcast hosting world. And we've been using them for years now, but 99% of all of our clients use them to host their podcast. That's a wonderful service they're growing and building. We're going to talk a little bit about that today and unpack what it takes for podcasters to see long-term success. Be your own loud. Todd, thanks so much for taking the time with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm going to dive into some early questions here. I'm curious when you start, when you got started with Blueberry. You know, the origin story is really um, very, well, it's unique in the podcasting space for sure. In 2004, I started my podcast. A whole bunch of stuff happened between October of 04 and June of 2005. Uh, Mainly I started networks, did a book deal, got a sponsor. The sponsorship is what really triggered the business because uh, after the first month of doing a, a sponsorship with GoDaddy, they asked me, do you know other podcasters that would like to be on this, on this ad buy. And I said, yes, I do. And I had a number of tech shows that I was working with, but I knew I needed help. So on my next podcast, I basically said, I'm looking for a lawyer, biz dev, I'm looking for a programmer and I'm looking for a graphics guy. I'm having a call in 10 days. And from that, I found uh, initially three of the uh, original founders. And then one of the guys that was on the call said, I know a programmer brought him in and today, four of the original five that found the company are still with the company. We lost a guy and then added someone later. So really, the company was truly born from listeners of my podcast. And we've set up a business. I, you know, I found a lawyer, found a graphics guy, found a biz dev, found everything I was looking for. We set up the business over the phone and actually did not meet one another for for months. And what's ironic, even though we started virtually like that, we were profitable from essentially day business one, because I had business ready to go, you know, to be, to, to put into this new entity. And that's how we launched. And we started primarily as an ad, ad representative of the firm. And that's what so many podcasters dreams are is to start and figure out how to monetize. And when we came into the scene, we started working with financial services professionals and they had a completely different mindset for monetization and it's really interesting that to experience both sides of that uh, for us now talking to you and uh, i know that the future is to consider stuff like that i know you've got some wonderful stories and hopefully we can dive into some of those today Uh, i'm curious how many podcasts blueberry house right now well we i like to say we work with more than eighty-five thousand, and and the reason I use that term is because a segment of those hosts was us. A segment of those use our stats product only. A segment of those use our PowerPress plugin. And some use the combination of everything. We've got the podcast mirror site, a few other site services that people use. But uh, overall, I think we touch about 85,000 shows. Wow, that's something else. You mentioned um, a couple of different features that you your product has. I'm guessing that those were trying to solve some big frustrations. So can you share some of the frustrations that you have in the podcast world, maybe had and then continue to have? Well, one thing I've been very outspoken about for many, many years 
is that I believe podcasters, and we see this through incidental proof and stats and other things that we watch on podcasting growth, is we've to long told podcasters that if you're going to build a castle, don't build it on rented land. In other words, if you're going to build a show and build a platform to be found and heard and build a business or whatever your goals are for your show, and it may not be making money, it may be client referrals. It might be the goal of having that sponsorship deal. Maybe it's this is a supplement to a book you're doing. And there, there's all different reasons why people do a podcast. And you may not know today what that podcast is going to lead to tomorrow. When you build your show, I always say the best place to do it is on your own dot com. Then at least you have full control of how you present your brand, how you present your media. You still have to pay a hosting bill. You still have to pay a web hosting service it doesn't that doesn't change but the main thing is you have lots of freedom and lots of options so my frustration really in the podcasting space is today is that besides sometimes us having to correct bad advice people have getting is also helping people reshift after they've been maybe on a lockdown vertical somewhere where they've become frustrated because they can't do what they want to do with their audience and moving them to a platform or moving them to their own site to be able to do that. And it's ironically, our PowerPress plugin can be used with any hosting provider. And although we love it when people host with us because of the integration, but we really had this company, company mantra, we kind of call the Blueberry Way and people kind of roll their eyeballs when I say that. But the Blueberry Way is really about building your brand on your .com. And if we can provide tools and services to help you get there and you appreciate our business, you're going to do business with us. There's no rules, but... We found that shows really truly succeed long term by by really you know following that philosophy. And there's so many advantages that go along with it. We could spend two hours on that topic alone. Maybe a weird question, but why would people roll their eyes at that? Because sometimes people now think that they don't need a blog, they don't need a website, they just need a landing page somewhere. We're so used to having a Twitter page or an Instagram page where it's just a page we go find. Stuff, But if you look at the biggest podcasters out there and the biggest podcast properties that are doing half million, million, three million listeners per show, they all have a place they call home. That's the thing I always go back to is I kind of call my own personal podcast website Moonbase Alpha. It's kind of a weird way to refer to it, but Moonbase Alpha is where I bring everyone in. I don't care where they listen, but I give them all the options to listen to all those places from that website if they've discovered me that way. And again, Sometimes that discoveries through Google search, but again, that goes into the the hundred things that have an advantage of being on your own.com. I think one of the problems there, Todd, is that some podcast users aren't sophisticated enough with not just marketing, but how right. to integrate your PowerPress plugin into their website. For instance, we work in financial services, a lot of websites are controlled through compliance built systems platforms, most of those people would, they do not want to dive into any kind of code to make this a reality. Part of the reason that we rebranded to Proudmouth and now work with people outside of financial services is because some of the limitations there. They're brutal. Yeah, they're, right, they're difficult. Right. And, and the weird thing about that industry is they don't know how to stop hurting themselves with how they approach <laughs> Compliance, for lack of a better word. For instance, just imagine your company saying, I don't want you on a podcast, but if you go write 
a white paper or an article, I'll prove that. It's so what's the difference? A podcast does not need to be live. You can create a transcript. You can edit stuff out. You can turn off. It's just uh, madness. Anyway, I, I get off that um, because this is not about, you know, yeah. our other market. This is about freeing the world's experts from sales, helping you be your own loud. And man, you're, uh, you've created your own loud. That's for sure. What we've recognized, don't get me wrong. We think this is the best way to build a show, but we fully understand there's a segment of podcasters that don't want that. They want the easy button. So mm -hmm. we also have the easy button. It doesn't stop me from wanting to make sure that we promote kind of a good path for someone to get started. So I've got the easy button if they want to just get on, have a page and publish. Don't have to go through the technical stuff of uh, adding PowerPress to their WordPress site. Heck, we even give free WordPress sites away. But that's just, you know, we, we work with all platforms, but we we, we really focus on this messaging and, and more to help podcasters than maybe even to help our bottom line. When we were getting to know each other earlier, Todd, one of the things that you had said was, you know, you, you started podcasting literally in the dark ages of, of podcasting, <laughs> uh, but how has it changed your life? Like, so when we look at podcasting, w the monetization aspect of it is something that we don't focus on with our clients at all, because we believe in a secondary level of monetization, which is more referrals, you know, using this as a way to warm up prospects and things like that. But your story going from no podcast to all of the podcasts that you've done over the last, what did you say, 14 years? Uh, 16, 16 years now, 16 plus. Yeah. yeah. So how has it changed your life? What has podcasting done for you, not just personally, but also professionally? When I started my podcast, I was still active duty in, in the Navy. Oh. So I, from 2004 to 2007, I was still had my job in the Navy and working crazy hours. And then I added this business in at 2005. It got even more nuts. So when I retired from the Navy, the podcast itself had become sustainable at such level that I could still continue to live in Hawaii, pay my rent, pay my insurance, pay my food, you know, live and not have to struggle. Now I did have my military retirement that you, you know, supplemented a certain amount there, but I did have uh, enough of a base. And part of that was really because I was focused from day one in doing my show to be able to get a sponsorship. Now, what does that really meant over 16 years. GoDaddy's still the sponsor of my primary show today. Hmm. But that up until a few years ago, I didn't really release a lot of numbers. I, I would have in months as high as thirteen or fourteen thousand dollars on revenue for that show. That would be, you know, that would be like the highest months would be thirteen or fourteen thousand. You kind of do the math over 16 or 15 years they've been a sponsor, and you kind of get a number there. At the same time, as building this business, here's something that's ironic. I was one of the last to get paid. I did not come on the payroll for a long time because I wanted to be able to say as a podcaster, I'm doing this, I'm building a show, I'm making this work, I'm surviving, I'm able to pay my bills. And I'm, you know, I publicized that a lot and, and, and still built the business. So for me, it was about proving that you could do this and you could build a sustainable show life-changing, oh, completely life-changing. You know, if I had not found podcasting, I would be a tech rep. I know I would be a tech rep for the Navy uh, working on aircraft still today. Just real quick, uh, I'm ex-Navy myself. So I, I just thought I'd say, you know, go Navy. Go Navy. <laughs> go, go Navy. Yeah. We had a conversation the other day about some technical stuff. It was great. Uh, meeting you and quickly we turned that into we got to get your honor podcast we knew that a long time ago but 
one of the things that we talked about was how to be the, the best way to be successful. And everybody thinks there's, you know, these silver bolts and the tactics, but what we talked about, can you just remind everybody what we talked about? Because I'd like you to tell them, not me. <laughs> well, I, I, if, if I remember what I said, I think it's about grind. Yes, sir. You, you got to grind. You got to work. You got to work like a dog. You know, you, you got to work hard. I started a show with zero. Well, I was a blogger, a poor one. You know, maybe had 300 visits to the website a, a week if I was lucky. We had no Facebook. We had no Twitter. We had no social media. So we had to build the show organically. And that forced us to learn all these things that most podcasters don't learn today. Stuff about Google, SEO, you know, going out and meeting people, building supplementary content for your show. You know, I went to the Consumer Electronics Show with a little hand recorder in my hand and went around and did interviews and learned very, very quickly. That was a great supplement for the show to bring in new listeners. And the following year, we went back with a camera and that turned into a whole, a whole thing that we do today where we take a whole team to that show and do 200 interviews or 300 interviews in five days and cross share those interviews and use it to build our shows. I call it the gift that keeps on giving because most of our content at those shows drive 60, 70 million video views, which then equal a certain number of people that come and subscribe to the Relic podcast. But it's truly a grind. You got to work. Finding those little like hacks, if you will, going to an event, that's something that Matt and I tried to push with with limited success because of the acceptance of it not because of the of of how it actually worked um but there's this hesitancy which is part of also the, the rebranding going for us you know working with more experts in business is that but going to an event like a conference and leveraging the fact that everybody's there and that you can, it's so easy to to pull right. off a podcast and then share that and for a conference or an event it's you've got evergreen content for your event like you can run that for a year multiple years right so it's an incredible you know way to do that and one of the things that we also really take a lot of pride in here and i'm i know you'd probably say it eventually but is that our company proud month what we try to do is take like half of the grind away the technical grind that they're not good at but the organic stuff like picking up on you know actually getting to that conference and and networking to find people that's the grind that can pay off and we are seeing more and more the people are prepared to grind are having the the the, the quicker track to success and they're building a better mid to long term track record because of that grind because they're prepared to grind and then there's the well we'll build it and see if they come you know you guys figure it all out and those take longer to have success exactly playing out for us in our four years in, in podcast production and promotion, exactly how you're playing it. One of the questions that, that I've, I don't know the answer to is that as what are the thresholds that a podcast needs to get to, to start attracting sponsors? Are there, and you had a wonderful story the other day about somebody who had like 900 subscribers. But anyway, I'll let you tell that one if you want. Just to talk about the levels. If you're podcasting, you're starting out, the first thing is focus is content, 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 consistency, consistency, consistency. Good content's going to win the day in the long run, no matter what. The really the kind of threshold I look at, and when we have a sponsor that comes into us with an RFP and says, we're looking for these types of shows, I will start big. I'll look at the shows that are 10,000 downloads or month 
down 10,000 downloads per episode or more. I'll get the list of shows from that. Then I look at the one to 10. I look at the shows from 1,000 to 10,000, and I'll pick shows in there. And then I'll look at shows that are really probably about 500 plus and say, okay, who potentially is an exact match versus it's close. Hmm. I typically, though, won't pick very many shows below the 500 downloads per episode. We do do it from time to time, depending on what the niche of the advertiser is. 1,000 is a good number. 10,000 is better per episode. Now, a lot of podcasters will never get to 10,000, but you're st- I'm still going to include you in deals 1,000 to 10 if you're a match for that advertiser. Now, there are different situations, like a guy that was a, a neurosurgeon, world-renowned neurosurgeon, he had about 1,000 neurosurgeons that listened to his show. He got $20,000 per episode from a not a pharma, but an equipment, surgery equipment company that wanted to be on his show to get exposure to these other neurosurgeons. Now, what was more nuts about this is he was pulling in 20 grand an episode. I think he did 26 or 27. You kind of do the math and what that was for numbers. Because it was pure profit, he was just doing his time. He had an accounting issue and his partners at his firm said, you're making too much money. We got a tax problem. So, you know, I, I've never heard of such thing as, you know, you, you make money, you just pay Uncle Sugar is, is cut, right? You know, you pay your taxes on that. But they, he stopped this podcast because he was making too much money. I, you know, that's most of your financial guys are like, what? <laughs> yeah, there's there's got to be some ego at play to make <clears throat> that decision because I don't think it ever makes sense for people who are in business to profit would shut down profit. That's that's a heck of a story I, and on a number of fronts. Yeah, it is. And, you know, uh, we could probably, who knows, you know? I mean, there's a, I try to tell people all the time that it doesn't, depending on what your business model is for your podcast, that the number of listens isn't the most important. It's the people listening. And that's a wonderful that's case, a fact. right? Yeah. Well, you can have all the wrong listens. It's the same thing with lead generation as a, as a, as a, key marketing concept that I think is struggling right now is because they don't know how to approach anybody. They don't have any, they don't provide any value where the value is more salesy. It's, it's, but a shallow, there's not much there. Right. And so a podcast is all about, you know, that's where you said earlier, talking about content, content is everything. If you've got a great content and say the right things, that's huge. So. And it's also a relationship. The audience deliver, you know, my audience comes to my show more for me than the content. Right. It's about building relationships too. And it, it's the same thing going to that, those events. I built, I have a, I have people don't use a Rolodex no more, but that's just a common term. Yeah. I have a Rolodex of 1800 company CEOs that I can reach out to and touch. You know, one of the first companies I interviewed was a very small company that, uh, was just getting started in the space, a company called GoPro, very small company. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I was one of three people that interviewed that CEO the first year they were at CES. Hmm. When I go to the GoPro booth now, they I go to VIP. It's about relation. It's not just audience relationships. Then it's the customer relationships that I'm, who I'm getting content from. So it's you, that kind of access is unique in podcasting because yeah, while you're kind of like the press and your, your media, you can be considered that it's for each business model. There's, there's a different subset of people that you're going to get access to that you wouldn't have access before. 
there's a, there's a great movie uh, that uh, my kids used to watch. It's called Robots. It's a Disney movie. And the whole premise of this is there's this master robot guy and his philosophy is see a need and fill a need. And, and you've obviously done that with Blueberry, right? Well, we're trying to do this too, Todd. You know a little bit about who we are and what we do. Do you think we're barking up the right tree here? No, I think you guys are. I think you guys are, are spot on. I think you guys are doing the right things for your customers. You're using your knowledge of, you know, building shows and what works and what doesn't work. I, I think you guys are on the mark. I, you know, obviously you're being very successful right now. So I don't have to tell you guys are on the mark. You know, you're on the mark. Come on, man. It, it, it feels good. I mean, come on, you do 85,000 podcasts a month, man. You've been podcasting longer than some of our listeners, uh, you know, have even probably been on this planet. So I really wanted to, but, but it really, the, the, so I do most of the sales for the company. Kirk runs the business and I do a lot of the sales. One of the funny things that I hear is people being concerned that podcasting is going to become oversaturated. What, what do you think about that? <laughs> there are... I don't know. You get anyone that's listening to you. If you're in front of your phone, you know, if you're on your phone or Google how many blogs there are, mm -hmm. you know, just Google that. And whatever that number is, it's big. It's in the, it's, I think it's maybe even over a hundred million. No, it's in the billions. It's, it's, it's a big number. Yeah. And what you have in the podcasting space right now is about 1.8 million shows, but I'm going to preface that that's a, but, but there are probably around five, 600,000 that are probably producing weekly. There's probably close to a million that are producing monthly. Then there's a whole bunch of shows that never make it to episode six or seven. You know, there's 50% of them that die before they get there. So there's lots of factors. So no, <laughs> the space is not saturated. And matter of fact, we do a lot of looking at non-duplicative audience. So let's say I look at five business shows. You'd be shocked that there is very little non-duplicative audience across those five business shows. Now, if I looked at 100, that there would be a little bit of crossover. But the average listener only listens. I mean, in fact, a power podcast listener listens to six to seven shows on a regular basis. You know, there's lots of room there. There's a lot of people in the world and a lot of yeah. people you can touch. Yeah. So there are 500 million blogs right. out of 1.7 billion websites. So I got it, I got it mixed up there. Sorry. Uh, but 500 million is a pretty big number. And, and which, which podcast stat do you trust the most? Cause I've, I've read anywhere from a million to 1.5 million blog, uh, podcasts. Uh, oh, in, in our director, we have over 1.7 million, but also remember I've been measuring, I've been looking at shows since almost the beginning, since 2005. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's half a million of them in there that have quit production. <laughs> yes. You know, they're not even, they're not even producing anymore. And sometimes when the websites go down or the, the media goes down it all, you know, we take them offline, but there's, we've had since COVID-19, there's been explosive growth in podcasting. We're adding close to a hundred thousand shows a month not us, the space is, mm -hmm. but let's also, again, 50% of those will never make it to episode six or seven. So you already cut it in half. Why do you, why do you think that is Todd? I mean, you've been around for a while. Why, why it's called pop fade, right? I don't know who came up with that term. You actually might've come up with that term, but what, what is it? Okay. So if you're getting ready to do a show and you plan what you're going to talk about, you better have enough content to get you out two years. No, two years, Kirk. Oh, oh, I, I mm -hmm. really think that if a person's, you shouldn't write your schedule. You in your mind, you have to say, can I talk about this topic weekly, 
for two years and, and, and have enough content to go for two years? Is there enough topics of stuff happening and going on? And what happens is, is most people come up with a podcast idea and they don't have enough to get through month two. Nope. Yeah, we, we, we write the first, well, Matt, uh, our team do the first uh, year worth of topics. And then we have, it, specifically in the financial services, we have a list of 125 topics if they run dry for them with all the points built out, which is not what you really want to do. Nor do you want to have a podcast that just talks about your expertise, which I'd love for you to comment on too. Yeah, I, I think you have to be you have to build a broad audience. I, I don't, I do one show that's solo. I do one show that's with a, with a co-host and then we bring on someone once in a while. Then I obviously do interviews and, you know, going to events and so forth. But if you are the man in a specific industry, you're the man or woman in that specific industry. You're the person people are going to tune into to listen. Or if you build that authority. And I think the thing here is the key is there's, there's things happening every day. The financial guys are having a bonanza this week. Last week was a, Big week on the, you know, on the short squeeze. They should have enough to talk about just from that to carry mm -hmm. a show for another month. There's stuff that's, I think that's the key is you have to be current and you have to be talking about things that people are interested in. You have to be entertaining. You can't be boring. You know, no one wants to listen to someone who's boring. <laughs> we've had a couple of those, Todd, just so you know. Uh, they, they've come out of their shell. We've got a couple of good stories. Yeah. We off and on. Red Bull is a good thing for those folks to drink before the show <laughs> and they're not a Note sponsor that's going in our discovery process <laughs> totally is going in our discovery process maybe we put that in our the podcaster kit we send everybody yeah, just a couple of red star, Bull, starter kit yeah. yeah yeah so do you have any um podcast stories to to tell some maybe some big wins big fails uh, grinders anything like that i know you already shared one that's pretty amazing well, I, and I think that all of us, I've got a show that pod faded. I was doing a show that was talking to some of the OG people that began in the podcasting world. But the thing is, it was one of those shows that I overextended myself on. I love doing those interviews, but I just did not have enough time to do the the interviews that that show required. So that one truly pod faded. So it was even one of my own that didn't make it past episode six or seven. So, you know, I didn't take my own advice. I think the key here, though, is since we've seen a lot of people have a lot more time on their hands since because they're not commuting, they're working from home. We've seen the number of shows that people are doing one, two or three shows now. I, I worry about those particular content creators because let's say they go back to work and now they have to commute that hour each way or they're on the train or in the bus or then the kids are back in school and sports. And so all of a sudden, these things that we've gave up for the last 13 months, that comes that life load comes back on full force sometime later this year. Then I think we're going to probably see some of those shows that were second and third shows. So I would say for podcasters that are planning, do one show really well and think real hard if you're going to start a second. And you're going to have to have a commitment to it to do a second show. Yeah. I mean, focus is a pretty longstanding business principle and it would apply here too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious if you, what you think of podcast guesting services, have you experienced that, seen a success with it or? I get uh, or pitched not? all the time. I typically delete those emails. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's go back and think about as an individual podcaster starting, do you have authority in a space? Are you already authority? If, if you're an authority, you should be able to garner 
enough people to come and talk to you. If you're not authority, then you have to build authority and do such good work that people are going to want to be on your show. So there's nothing wrong with building authority. I had to build authority. I was a nobody, right? I was a zero when I started podcasting. I had to build authority. I had to build trust. I had to build a reputation of giving an honest opinion. That's really, really important because listeners will smell, they'll smell phony a mile away because you're talking to them every episode and they start to learn you. And if you hedge on something, they go, oh, you know, this person is not who he says he is or she says who she is. So I think really, I know those services have good meaning, but huh, I, I personally haven't used one. Another podcast, you know, in our circle, podcasting expert circle, I've heard more uh, bad stories that the podcasters are often moving past those people pretty quickly because they're insincere. They're, they're not targeted. They're, it's kind of like, you know, getting there. It's kind of like spam, right? Yeah. It just feels like that because nobody's, not many people are doing their homework or if they did, it's yeah. But the truth is it's just networking. And that's why the grind is so important. Go find those people who you want to be on, have on your show and who you think you need and then earn being sought after to be on their show. I think that should be the focus. But there's, there's another piece to this too. You need to do the follow-up as a podcaster. So if I, like I do these interviews at CES, I get that card. I get that contact email that who I interviewed, not the press person, because the press people try to pass off their information. And I always say, I need your information directly. And that pisses the PR people off. But the reason for that is I say, we're in post-production of your show. It's going to be published on this date. Here's the link. Here's a preview that you can preview the video before it goes live. And I'm communicating consistently with that person because (laughs) when it goes live, I want him to go to his PRP and say, you link to this on my website. You give this, you give authority back to them and what it really do. If anybody's watching, I don't know if we're doing video here or not, but you you feed an ego. (laughs) (laughs) You feed an ego of the person you've interviewed. Mm -hmm. And you got to be sincere about it. But in the end, that person says, oh, I was interviewed. It was classy. It was good. I, I want this to be seen. And they add that to their CV. And maybe it's not the CEO. Maybe it's the product manager, product lead. Maybe it's a sales guy. Who knows? Well, and we found that uh, from a PR perspective, being able to drive people to your blog to continue the relationship after that initial interview is a magnificent way to do that. Now, you said something here as we wrap up today. You said something that that I get asked all the time, which is video podcasts. So what what do you think about this? Do you think it's a it's a it's a good idea, bad idea in the middle of the road? What do you think? I, I think I've done video now for 10 years and I did it primarily to have interaction with the audience because I was doing a solo show. But from an interview standpoint, even if you don't publish the video, I'm seeing you guys react right now. I can see your facial expression that you could actually give me the wrap up sign and I would know to hurry the heck up. Right. So there would be those visual cues that goes a long ways. But I think there's a lot of value in do video podcasting because not everyone listens. Some people watch, some people read. And I make sure through my strategy on my website that they can read the blog posts and get the links to the content that they want to. They can watch or they can listen. I'm really trying to cover all three phases. That's me personally. I'm trying to cover, and what way my audience break down is 80%, like 70% listen, 30% listen, 
Now, 70% listen, 30% watch. Why? I don't know. Then a large majority of them also read the show notes. So you record your show for your audience. You write your show notes for Google. The, that sounds about in line with, you know, how, how I would have thought. So I appreciate you sharing that with yeah, us. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's Absolutely. a great question. Yeah. Matt, this is a, this is a funny story. I'm going to tell it because I know you'll appreciate it, but I don't know if we edited it out of the podcast we recorded a couple of weeks ago, but Matt got mad at me in fun way because I wasn't watching him on the screen and I was in the middle of a bit of a rant and he had, and, and we had gone over by about 10 minutes in the podcast and I had promised him like I do every time that we weren't and he, and he, he needed a bio break. So he is waving the arms and I'm talking away. And then I said, Matt, and then he's not responding. I said, Oh, and I said, Oh, is my, you're, you're, you put me on mute. And then, and then eventually I got smart enough to look up the screen. I was like, Matt's not here. He left the interview. What did I say? Anyway, he went and took care of business, came back a couple minutes later and I'm, I'm laughing so hard. He's like, dude, I was waving my hands. I was not for five seconds, man. Anyway, so I'm, I'm doing a better job of paying attention today. It probably is because there's three handsome bald guys. Well, I know. Yeah, when you get three perfect heads like this, it's very, yeah. very difficult not to, to pay very close attention. All right. So, Todd, here, here's the the cabillion dollar question, right? If you were, if you were, and I'm sure you get asked this all the time, so it's probably a pretty rote answer for you, but what what is the best piece of advice? Like for somebody who hasn't even started a podcast yet, who's looking at this for either monetization or business building or or just to get their voice out in the marketplace, what is that one thing that if you just knew everybody knew, it would change everything? You got to record episode one. Yay! I love it. Just get started. All men, brother. That's yeah, really what it is. Uh, you know, I, I got a buddy that's been to five conferences over five years, and he's actually now laughing. He is the biggest procrastinator of them all. He hasn't started his show yet, but he knows more about podcasting than most. Just go for it. Because episode one is not going to be how episode seven shows sounds. And episode seven is going to be, episode 20 is going to be different from episode seven. My show evolves little by little too, even at 1500 plus episodes for my personal show. I think that really what it is, is just get in there and, hey, everybody, how you doing? Best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. <laughs> right. Or buy Intel, which I did 20 years ago, actually 35 <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Or <laughs> Amazon or <laughs> Apple, any of those ways. <laughs> All right. Well, I just, uh, I just, first off, Todd, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been awesome. It's been great to get to know you. And I really do hope uh, that we can continue to find ways to, to chat. I know you and Kirk are working on some analytics stuff, which is super cool. I would love to have the opportunity to do whatever we can for anybody who you have in your network that that might need some help. But, but I'd like to offer that to you. So we have a, you know, a halfway decent amount of listeners here. If they want to utilize you in any form, What's the best way for them to reach out to you? And, and really, where would you want to uh, direct them? You know, just first of all, look at our product services at blueberry.com, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Take a peek there. We've got everything from the someone that's starting out all the way up to really the enterprise level. We do private internal podcasting. We have ad insertion. We've got everything you need to build a really, really big show. And you may just start small and upgrade and or graduate into those other services. But if you've got questions for me, you can email me directly, Todd at blueberry.com, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Another thing it's, you know, I think one thing about our team that's different from everyone else is we have phone support. So you can always call a friend. Oh so we have an 800 number. 1877 raw voice is the 
telephone number, but that'll get you into our support system. And if they don't answer, leave a message, I'll call you back. Nice. Well, uh, full disclosure for everybody, as Kirk said, uh, we use everything that Blueberry offers. A couple of years ago, we're, we're kind of uh, dipping our toe in the water with a couple of other things, and we landed on utilizing your services just because we we really, since we produce as many podcasts, not like you do, but as produce as many podcasts as we do, that's really where, where we've landed. So if you really want to have amazing service and amazing product, amazing thought leadership, I mean, that's the other cool thing is you guys put some really good stuff out. Uh, please make sure to go and we'll have links to that. Uh, what about your show, dude? Do you want us to put uh, your show in our show notes? If you want, probably the one that for, will interest people the most is the new media show that I do uh, twice a week and get a PhD in podcasting by listening to that show. If you're a geek and a nerd, you want to geek out go to geeknewcentral.com. That's uh, the show that I've done. That's the origin show. Gotcha. Well, we'll make sure yeah. that those are in the show notes. Todd, thank you very much for being on the show. Hey, thank you for having me and continued success for you guys. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to Be Your Own Loud, where we reverse engineer success to help you accelerate your influence and break free from the torment of sales. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to our podcast, share with others in your company or profession, follow us on social media. This podcast is brought to you by Proudmouth, the Influence Accelerators. Visit us at Proudmouth.com and join our Influence Accelerator Academy for free to enhance your marketing mindset and know-how.